Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Connecting the Dots with me, your host, Cassie Hubert. It's my joy to hang out with you here. This is the podcast where we chat about life and family and artistry and creativity and all the things that go in between, because much like a numberless dot-to-dot picture, sometimes our lives can feel a bit like that. But what I'm convinced of is that those dots that we're making where we make our connections and follow different passions, even if they're not on an obvious clear path, they're honestly not really random at all. So today's episode is on telling stories to ease fear. I don't know if you used to get frightened by stories as a kid. I know I did. Certain stories, there seemed to do the rounds when I was at school. People really delighted in ghost stories. And they were these sort of weird, like urban myth style stories that always had something very sinister about them. And I have an incredibly vivid imagination. And this posed a real problem. I also don't like frightening things. Or at least I am i have no interest whatsoever in horror And I don't really like ghost story stuff, although depending on how it's framed, I can handle it better. But what I found was stories could get into my head and make me feel afraid. But just as equally, stories could be something that would help me to feel anchored and grounded and safe again. One thing my dad was always very good at was telling made-up stories. We used to ask for a talk story at bedtime if it wasn't a, one out of a book and he would come up with some great stuff. He had a vivid imagination of his own and he would come up with all sorts of ideas. And if I'd been frightened by one of these ghost stories that some kid in my class had told me and it was really playing on my mind, particularly when I was going to rest and go to bed, he was excellent at sort of sending the story up. So I'd tell him what had happened in the story and then he'd, you know, ask those really annoying questions that when people want you to be frightened or dramatically stressed out by something, they don't really want you to ask. A bit like, it was a really dark room, well, why didn't you flip the light on? Shh, don't don't talk about that, ignore that bit because that's just, it's dark, scary room. Or there was this wood and they were in the wood, well, where were the people? It was in a town, well, the people weren't there, but somebody was probably nearby and it's all those really inconvenient questions that if you're trying to create an atmosphere you don't want too many questions asked about but is fantastic for shedding light on stuff and then he would do an alternative story where he'd take something so if I was frightened about some you know dog chasing me up the stairs the ghost of a dead dog doing that and coming to get me or whatever he I used to do a lot of ballet he'd be like oh it'd be the ghost of ballet shoes and it was very silly and he'd make it so overly dramatic it would make me laugh, see the silliness of the story itself or at least take the fear out of it. And this is something that I am good at doing with my daughter. She had just started getting into Minecraft properly and playing it not on creative mode. For those of you who don't know this means the monsters are available and they can attack you and she'd been enjoying this but the zombies had started to freak her out and she was feeling a bit uncomfortable and in her own bed she'd be kind of scared and you know she was nine and then she was worrying about ghosts because you know one thing runs to another thing and going to sleep and at that age often fear of the dark or fear of what you don't know is very prevalent and so I came up with this ridiculous story about Marjorie who was an old ghost lady who um, farted cocoa dust and (laughs) because you know got to be slightly you know toilet humor is great for kids very often how she actually loved pickles and one evening um this story i'd created she'd been at the olympics for ghosts and so my eldest was just like this is already fun and brilliant so we were there and and marjorie's just casually eating pickles and she farted so much that she went whizzing around and beat all the young ghosts in their races because you know 
the speed and prevalence of the wind she had just released. And this had her cracking up. This had my daughter cracking up and she thought this was hilarious. And then it kind of moved on to a whole load of other ideas and including how she'd been kind of spooked by the idea of zombies. And I remember seeing a picture from The Walking Dead And this picture had turned up in a magazine and I didn't really want any of my kids to sort of see it because it was quite vivid. and. Um, But what it did make me think, as I pointed it out to them because they'd already spotted it, I went, oh, it looks like a celeriac face. The celeriac vegetable has that gnarly quality and the way they'd done this zombie was all like, you know, very, it's like celeriac face. So I created this zombie. Can't now remember his name. She could tell me. But he was a very earnest zombie and he was so frustrated that he (sighs) desperately missed performing shades of me there and he was really hungry to do some performing again and so he had taken to roaming around the the graveyards and just sort of moaning Shakespeareanly which is not a technical word and it's definitely not a verb but you know what I mean and yet he was frustrated with all the other ghosts and zombies getting up and just roaming around the, the local village that he lived in and scaring everybody because he was like, what a waste of all this effort. So the story unfolded and I basically developed how he ended up creating a fantastic zombie theatre company <laughs> who would do Macbeth and other wondrous things. And the villagers came to really appreciate their art and their artistry. And so then when she started worrying about zombies or ghosts or whatever, we talk about Marjorie and then Marjorie's sister, Ethel. And, you know, and, and I think maybe he was called Brian the... the the theatrical zombie but it's the kind of daft thing I made up and it was fun it was a good story I enjoyed the process it got my creative juices firing but what was so helpful was how quickly this whole process enabled her to feel safe and story is powerful it really allows us to imaginatively inhabit another world or the ideas that we're processing, if we can put them into story form and hear them from somebody else, then we can make connections. We can imagine ourselves in that circumstance without actually having to be in it. So it's a very safe way to explore ideas or situations that are scary. I would never want to be in the circumstances of a thriller, but to watch one is really exciting and a good one, or with all the detective twists and turns and will they kill the witness or no, they won't. And, you know, all of that. It's really great to do that because it gives me a chance to process some of those deeper, slightly darker parts of my mind or my fears. But it does mean that we have the freedom to process deep emotions I think that's what our dreams do to some degree as well when we're sleeping our subconscious is processing a lot of what's going on for us and story can take away pain not entirely but when we get deeply engrossed in a story it can take the pain down several notches sometimes it can take our minds off it altogether and that is partly because pain is always amplified when we're frightened Any of you who've given birth, those moments when it all becomes suddenly so overwhelming in the process of contractions and things and you're just like, oh my gosh, it feels so frightening. Not necessarily because what's actually happening is terrifying, but because it's so unknown. And even when you've had several babies and I've had five, delivered five, and that process of contracting, it gets very intense. And that intensity can suddenly take us into a place of, I don't know if I can handle this. And our fear kicks in. And then that pain is amplified. It's like breathing, breathing into pain doesn't 
stop the pain entirely. But A, breath is needed in our body. So on a very practical level, the better we breathe, the better our body can do what it needs to move the, you know, the platelets to the right bit, if it's a cut, that kind of thing, or just, you know, generally keep oxygen flowing around our bodies and our bodies functioning well and doing what our bodies are designed to do, which is heal ourselves as much as possible. But story can take our minds off something and enable us to suspend our disbelief or suspend our reality for a bit, dive into someone else's and cope with what's in front of us. And I think a huge part of the way these work is to alleviate our fear by taking us into something else or helping us inhabit another set of ideas or another circumstance. Madeline Lengel, I've been loving her work lately. I was listening to The Rock That Is Higher and she talks about how she had a severe accident where she was hit in the car by a truck driver who was speeding and jumped a red light and how actually the process of story was one of the things that really helped to alleviate her pain and she remembers a granddaughter was in a situation had been seriously smashed up as well in a, an accident years before and how every time they would tell her stories she'd be at much more peace and how she'd beg them to not stop the storytelling because the pain would come flooding back. I think that there is something we can take from this. One is fundamentally not to undermine the power of story and a good story well told is a beautiful thing. That is why audiobooks, reading to our kids, reading aloud to ourselves, reading in our heads, watching television, binge watching series when they're really good is so much fun and a good form of rest. It's also a good form of growth because it makes us think about other people in a way that enables us to process that stuff, as I said. I think also when we're looking at our own stories, if we can go back and look at our own life through the lens of story particularly difficult bits if we can maybe write it something I've been exploring lately some particular incidents I'm processing and actually have been sort of mentally I haven't got as far as writing it down yet but start to process by writing it as a story maybe in the third person so once upon a time there was a little girl called Cassie and this happened even the process of hearing that story back to myself as I've been talking it aloud a little enables me to approach some of the more difficult parts of my past and see them through new eyes, accept them, be less afraid of them and look them more directly in the face. Because I think, again, when something is frightening, disturbing or deeply painful and traumatic, being present to it can be really too frightening to cope with. But an, a way of really relooking and revisiting it in such a way that's safe can help us process some of that. I know in the very famous book, which I've been reading on and off over the last few years, it's such a good book, The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. I know it's a bestseller and it deserves to be. He's talking about trauma and the way our bodies hang on to stuff. And it's fascinating. And he tells the story about a little boy who'd seen from not too many blocks away the 9-11 when the Twin Towers came down. And I think Bessel must have known this family because he was saying how a day or two later, the son had um, processed what he'd seen by drawing a picture of a massive trampoline so that all the people that were jumping from the building could land on the trampoline. And he therefore creatively come up with an answer that would solve the problem <laughs> and make sure people were fine. And this had helped him to move through that in such a way that he wasn't completely overwrought with the horrendous drama and traumatic nature of that event. Story can be so powerful for reframing what's gone on in our lives. It can help us look at it when we just don't want to go there. But help us look at it as though it's to somebody else to reappreciate it. And I think 
this is one of the reasons why I'm such an advocate for drama and performance. When a story has been performed well or told well, it absolutely has the power to change us. Change us the way we approach life, change the way we think about things, because it gets us at our fundamental level, we are creatures of story. We know we belong to a bigger story, even if we're not sure what that story is. As a Christian, I'm convinced we belong to this whole story of being children of God and, and the journey of that through physical, practical history and, and what that means for an eternal future and all of that. You know, we're part of a story. But even if that's not where your belief system lies, recognising that we want to feel like we're part of a greater story, the story of humanity. And it's one of the things that anchors us and enables us to feel like we matter, to know our place in the world and also good stories can affect change by shifting our hearts on a kind of a foundational level which is why it's so powerful and why when stories are used as propaganda or deliberately to twist and change things or change truth or perspectives it's it's so very effective and often so very detrimental but I would definitely recommend that you consider where are you getting your stories from what stories are you listening to? And if you haven't read or listened to a good story in ages, maybe seek one out that you vaguely remember was good. Maybe revisit it and see if that joy doesn't give you a delight all over again. But also in times of fear, whether it's to ease the fear of your children or to help you cope with fear in a particular moment, maybe consider listening to a good story and one that has a sense of hope. If this podcast has really hit the spot for you, then maybe you'd like to know more. In which case, head on over to my website, cassiehubert.com, and check out my blog posts and some of the thoughts I put out there. You can also find me on social media. I'm on Instagram as Creative Performer Mum, because, you know, and it would be lovely if you wanted to say hi over there, because it's always nice to check in. All the links should be in the show notes, so check those out for more information. And all that's left for me to say is have a wonderful week. God bless. <laughs>